uh, together. And, and we've got some testimonies in the house again. And I was hoping Trish Coombs was going to be here, but she's not here because um, she was going to share. She might be tuned in online, I don't know. But I'm going to steal her thunder and start off with sharing her testimony. And then there's a few others, uh, again, that just have things that they want to share. And um, I, I had Adrian and Malisha stay at my house last night. Uh, and we got talking, and Malisha shared this story that just blew my mind of something that she's been through. And uh, so she's going to get to share really soon, and she's really excited about that. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to save the best till last, Malisha. We'll let you sit there and be nervous a bit more. <laughs> and one of our YWAMers, Dominic, is going to share in just a moment too. But let me start with um, Trisha's story. So I really wish she was here to share. Uh, but Trish, some of you will remember we played, played, and we prayed for her sister who got a cancer diagnosis. It was a little while back that we prayed for her sister, uh, and we declared cancer be gone in Jesus' name. Well, the good news is uh, she's just had tests done recently, and, and the cancer is gone. There is no cancer, so we've got to praise her. So that's really exciting, but we shouldn't be surprised by that, should we? No. Uh, we often are, because like, oh wow, God actually did do that. But here's the really cool thing, God has restored a relationship as well. And so Trish's sister and her didn't have the closest of relationships, and Trish would often, as Trish does, like to share the gospel and, and you know talk about Jesus and stuff, and her sister just wasn't really into it, and, and it was kind of a fractured uh, there was a break in the relationship, but through this journey of God removing cancer from her body, not only is she now cancer-free, but that relationship has also been restored. So let's give God honour and glory for that as well. Because God is good, and all the time, God is good. I'm celebrating how good God is today, because it's now um, eight years since I had a car accident. And... Uh, Many of you know I had one, but those of you that don't, back in 2014, I was ministering in Biloela and, uh, and um, taking the church service for the pastor there so they could have a break because it's a small church and it's hard for small church pastors to get away. So we just had that arrangement at the time. And uh, after ministering, I was starting to travel home. And as I'm driving out of Biloela, I'm about half an hour out of Bilo, sort of in between there and uh, Calliope. Is, 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 Calliope? Is that how you say it? I always say it wrong. Is that right? I think I used to say Calliope and they like, uh, Calliope. Anyway, on the Dawson Highway, which is not the best highway anyway, but it was single lane and I'm just driving and then all of a sudden there's this car in my lane and I have about three seconds to decide, well, what am I going to do? Because this is a bit awkward. Uh, if I had gone over to the left, it was like a drop off. Um, so the car that I was in would have tumbled easily um, at the speeds because it was 100k an hour. Uh, there were no other cars coming except this car, so I thought, oh, I'm going to sneak past you on the wrong side of the road to get past you. So I went on the other side of the road, and just as we went past each other, what I found out after the accident is that the driver had fallen asleep at the wheel. And so they rammed right into my, as you can see, my passenger side. There's a number of things to praise God about. Firstly, Anita and the kids were meant to be with me. Uh, because we do ministry as a family. So if I go away somewhere, I really like to take them with me. And uh, Anita was meant to come. But leading up to leaving, Anita just had this check in her spirit. Oh, it just doesn't feel right. I don't think I'm meant to go or whatever. And, and, but you know, me, I'm like, oh, we're a family. We minister together. Come on, let's, we'll, we'll all go together. I know it's a big drive. It's a big drive to Billow for me. About, I don't know, 10 hours, 9 hours. It's a long way. Um, and uh, then just... 
literally the day that I was leaving, Anita gets flu-like symptoms, coughing, snuffling, you know, all the stuff going on. And so I said, I relented and said, all right, you and the kids stay home and, uh, and I'll just go. What's funny, uh, although not surprising, as soon as I left, she became well. <laughs> so it was just God's plan to keep it. She, she was fine. As soon as I left, like, even rang me on the way. I'm good. So anyway, and I was like, could have come. But in hindsight, you can see where the car crashed into and you know where Anita would be sitting. The other thing in the back of that car were two child seats and both of them had split in two because of the impact. So there's no way my children would have survived unless angels or God or whatever. But I think God's plan and purpose was outworked on that day. I walked out of that with no broken bones, which is a miracle. Every ambulance, police officer, fire person, they come and cut me out, the drawers of life, all of that, um, said, we don't know how you're walking like alive, breathing, like this accident scene, both drivers should be gone. But they said that the one thing I did, because I had all those choices, go left and tumble, keep going straight ahead, have a head on, head on, go to the right and they crash into my passenger side. That one option that I took was the, probably the one in like a million chance that the impact would happen in such a way that we both survived. So it had to be God's leading and prompting because I, I ain't that smart. Uh, <laughs> you know, three seconds to decide what to do. And I just, that's what I chose to do. And God was directing and leading and his angels were around us. And, and, and yes, I've dealt with um, severe bruising and whiplash and things like that. But mate, I'm alive. I'm here and it's all glory to God because God is good. And all the time, God is good. And I keep giving him glory because it's now eight years since that accident. And that's eight more years that I've been able to serve Jesus and be there for my family. And he obviously has plans for me. Uh, otherwise, I would have went home to be with Jesus there and then. But here I am. And we're loving Stanthorpe and we're loving what God's doing. All right, I'm going to get now Dominic to come on. Now, Dominic is part of the YWAM team. We had a combined youth rally on Friday, youth at Stanthorpe. And these YWAM guys came down. Come on up. Give him a hand as he comes. And, uh, and uh, Dominic was one of the team. And he is... Uh, a leader in the in the YWAM. He helps oversee uh, young people coming to do like discipleship trainings, programs, and things like that. Uh, so give him another hand. He's going to share a testimony today. G'day, guys. How you doing? Hey. Oh, yeah, cool. Um, yeah, so like you said, uh, my name's Dominic, and I'm from Wyoming, Brisbane. Um, yeah, I'd like to share my testimony with you. Yeah, so I, like a lot of Christians, I didn't, I grew up in a Christian uh, home with lovely parents that don't really have a crazy story or anything like that. But that said, I didn't not have a personal relationship with Jesus. So I didn't know him very well. I didn't, like, have a close relationship, um, and I thought that God was either like a social construct that everyone like followed and worked out pretty well, or that he was like a king of, on a hill who seems kind of angry and very scary. Um, so I followed the rules and I went through life, um, I grew up, finished school, went to work, um, 
And through all this, life just seems kind of empty. Like, we get up, we go to work, we do things, we come back home, and what's the point, really? Um, and that's because I didn't have a relationship with Jesus. Um, and then, as events turned out, I had a girlfriend, um, and she invited me to a home group that I was, that she was going to at the time. And at that home group, that was the first time that I'd experienced the Holy Spirit moving. And it was incredible. Like, we prayed and people were healed. He spoke to us. We, um, uh, we asked for pictures and he would send us visions and, like, it was so cool. Um, and that was the first time I was like, wow, God is real. God is, God is real and he does things like save people from car accidents. And it's like, okay, so I can, he's real and I can interact with him and I can speak with him. Um, and I wanted to go deeper into that. But I didn't necessarily know how. Um, fortunately, God has the answers. One of my friends in that home group went away and did a discipleship training school, a six-month program with YWAM um, at a different location, not Brisbane. Um, and when she came back, she had changed. Before she went away, she was this, like, kind of shy girl who was, like, kept to herself. When she came back, she was bold, she was confident, she knew who Jesus was, and she, there was like a physical aura, like she was practically glowing with like Holy Spirit. Um, and I was like, wow, that, that, is, that is what I want. Um, and so I did a DTS as well. Um, and it was an awesome time. The very first week, uh, we did, uh, of lectures, we did a topic called The Father Heart of God. Um, and so that was learning a lot about God is not just a king on a hill, he is actually a loving father and he cares so much for you. Yeah. And so since then, keep leaning into that, keep pursuing that relationship with God. Reading, reading the word, um, talking to God, praying for people, and ah, uh, being in missions is actually it's a really cool life because I get to walk every day with God, and that's an awesome opportunity that I just wouldn't have gotten in an ordinary life. But that's an ordinary life is cool too, and you can walk with God in that too. That's, that's important. <laughs> and, and it's awesome when you do, because, yeah. Um, just lost my whole train of thought. That was, but it was a cool sidetrack. Um, yeah, so I can't really go back to the web world. I could, but there's nothing meaningful in that. There is meaning and purpose in relationship with God. And even though if sometimes 
that doesn't mean that life will be easy or that there won't be issues and um, there won't be hardships or things will get rocky from time to time, but it's worth it. It's hard, but it's worth it. <coughs> Thank you for listening. Well done. well done. It's just so encouraging when you see God just take a life, just pluck it from, I guess, what would be obscurity, like no purpose, no sense of de destiny or knowing what they're here for, and, and, and just shakes you up, transforms you from the inside out, and now we've got a young guy who's, you know, unashamedly going around sharing the good news of, of Jesus. And uh, let's give Dominic another hand. Cool. I promised Malisha I would make it relaxed. Uh, so, so this is like a lounge room now, Malisha. Uh, so would you welcome Malisha up? Come on up. Come on up. <laughs> She's very nice. Grab one of these mics, anyone. Russell will make sure you'll be loud enough. It's red, Russell. Uh, oh, it's tangled. All good. <laughs> I want to read while Malisha's getting settled and breathing. <laughs> Jeremiah 1 verse 5 says this, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. That tells me that God has a plan for all of us. Even before we were formed in our mother's womb, he had a plan. So put a little bookmark there, and we're going to talk to Malisha. So how did you sleep? Was the bed okay at my house? Yes. Yes, all good? Yes. Slept like a baby? Okay, that's fine. Very good. So we had the privilege of having um, Malisha Steyer and, and Adrian as well and last night, and we got talking around the table. And, um, and Malisha just started sharing this story. And I was like, wow, our church must hear this story. So it's back in 2015, right, when this happened? Tell, tell us about what was happening in your life at that time. Um, by the 2015, we uh, had an accident on a boat, mm -hmm. was sunk. Yes. In the middle of the ocean. Right, so she's on a boat that's sunk in the middle of the ocean. Like, just your everyday little activity, right? <laughs> what were you on a boat for? Let's back, rewind a little bit. What were you, what were you doing? We um, went for a Christmas holiday. Yes. Yeah. In between the islands. Oh. Yeah. Uh, the boat was uh, sunk between uh, Honiara yes. and my province, Malata. Yes, Malata. And so you hopped on this boat, and what was the problem? There was too many, right? Yeah, too many people in the boat. Yes. And the boat was, like, small. Yes. Not fit for, like, a lot of people to get in. Very small boat. Yeah, very and, small. and it also had, in the bottom of it, it had... Yeah, it had um, a leak, a leakage. Yeah, like a yeah, hole, a leakage, hole, yeah. yes. Under the boat. Yeah. So, so all the extra people... Put more pressure on that leakage. Yeah. And so you're halfway between the islands. Yeah. It's a long way, right? Yeah. How long? How, how far? Kilo do you do kilometers? Do you know? No. It's a long way anyway. Yeah. How long is the boat ride? Uh, From one end to the other. Uh, how many uh, hours? I 
actually if like uh, from Honiara to our province, like we bought the boat um, like on the evening, like six o'clock. Yes. And when we get there, like in our province, like uh, early in the morning. Yeah. yeah next so it's day. probably about 12 hours yeah. travel. So you're halfway yeah. and the boat starts to sink. What's happening on the boat? Like, how are the people? The people are just screaming and crying. Mm. Yeah. And you yeah. had another little boat following you, right? Yeah. Because they do that. Okay, so what, what happened from there? Everyone's panicking. You can imagine on the boat, it's sinking. They're halfway between a 12-hour trip between islands. What would you do? Ah! You'd be freaking. You'd be freaking out scared, right? Okay, so everyone, but what about you? Are you scared? No. No? Yeah. Who are you with as well? My little auntie. Yeah. So at the dining table last night when she said auntie, I thought she said Andy. And she has a little brother called Andy, but it's auntie. Okay. <laughs> but she calls her, her little auntie because just the way families work and whatever. How old were you at the time? Or do you like to give your age away? <laughs> um, I'm, I'm not allowed now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So she, she was 10. Yeah, ten years old. And you were, you were an adult. Yeah. We'll say it that way. Very good. <laughs> so, so you have your little auntie with you. Yeah. And you're there, just you two. And I think you said you had an uncle on board as well, maybe. Yes, um, my uncle. Everyone's related anyway yeah. somehow. Yeah. Isn't it? Yes, that's how it works in the <laughs> But anyway, everyone is panicking and stressing. But you are standing there with your auntie, and you are not panicked at all. Tell us yeah, more about that. Why? I'm not panicked because I know that God save us. Wow, such faith in the midst of, like, I'd be scared. <laughs> like, you're on a boat. That's a lot of treading water. There's sharks, right? Yeah. There's sharks. Everything's going on, would go be going on in my head. But you were calm. Everyone's running backwards and forwards. And then yeah. what happens? The boat just, like, everyone just run. Yeah, yeah left, right, then, up, yeah. down, panicking, not knowing what to do. Yeah. What happened to your auntie? My auntie, they just like, um, when people just screaming and running the boat, they just like, uh, leave my auntie and just throw them. Remember, this boat has too many people. So if they're all moving left and right here, there and everywhere, a little 10-year-old Solomon Islander girl is not very big. So she gets knocked into the water and you're on the boat still. Then what happens? I just, when I saw my auntie, just like, um, just in the, the the sea, I just jump behind my auntie and give my right hand, mm. yeah, and then grab my auntie's hand, and then I put my auntie's hand on my bike, and we just swimming like up away from the boat. Yeah, away from the yeah. boat. Yeah. Were you scared? Um. No. Why not? <laughs> I'm just. Um, because uh, I know God will save us. Wow. <laughs> this was me at my table last night. My jaw was, uh, and I was just speechless. Because, yeah, we all know God is there for us. We all know God will save us. But put us in a fire and, uh, and, and a situation where it seems helpless. This thing's going to sink, and I don't know who's coming to rescue me. And, and, and I, you know, you're just so calm. And it took boldness to jump in the water, right? Because yeah. you just, the, the, the militia we know is very sort of quiet, shy, reserved. 
But here you are having to be a hero and jump in the water. And you jump in and you reach down, you get your auntie, you put it on your back and you swim away. Then what happens? And my uncle just swim past us and then he brought the container, empty container. Yes. And then give it to us and then we just hold on the container and keep on floating. Wow. Wow. And so here they are in the middle of nowhere in the ocean. And the boat has sunk and they are floating on empty containers. You have no idea when help is coming. Yeah. Were you stressed? No. Why? <laughs> we just enjoy like floating, just waiting for the Sunbaking, <laughs> snorkeling. We're just laughing and laughing. telling stories. <laughs> Isn't this incredible? So, so you're in the middle of the ocean now. The, they got rescued, obviously, yeah. because you're here today. Yeah. But the way that happened, there's a little boat, like it's only small, that follows any big vessel. And so that little boat had the ability to radio for help. But even so, you knew that had happened, but you didn't know how long. Yeah. So these guys are all treading water for, how long were you in the water for? You uh, worked it out last night. Like the boat was sunk. Uh, one o'clock, and then the rescue boat come and rescue us at five o'clock in the evening. So four hours having to tread water, and yeah, they've got things to grab onto, like the, but still, they they've got to stay alive, and everybody sharks are circling. You know, yeah, it's, it's so, so many sharks just thanks to me. <laughs> Did a shark eat anybody? No. No. Why? <laughs> Why did no shark eat people? Maybe the sun. <laughs> Maybe God was looking after each and yeah. every one. Yeah. Here's the thing, and I really believe this, is that Malisha was calm because she has a full-on relationship with Jesus. And she is you can see it in her. She is so confident that God was going to save her. Whereas everyone else on the boat not necessarily has that same relationship. That's why there was panic and chaos and people running here and there. And there were people crying out, help us, Jesus. Yeah. They're not Christians, but it's funny how we call upon the name of the Lord. It's like um, a taking place. <laughs> yes. So they're calling on the name of the Lord when they don't really know him. Uh, but you had this peace and this calm. And remember I read earlier because I asked you what scripture touched you and carried you through this moment before I formed you in the womb, Jeremiah 1 verse 5 says, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. You're set apart. And I ordained you a prophet to the nations. You have a purpose. And so we were talking more, and Malisha shared how knowing that she is called, knowing that she has a purpose, it doesn't matter what comes against her because she's got God's business to do. She's got business to do in the name of Jesus Christ. And so that's why you were not afraid, right? Because you had this knowledge of, well, I'm not dying here because there's so much more for me to do. Is that right? Yeah. And so nobody died except for one baby. Yeah. But, but they didn't die in the water, did they? So nobody died in the water that day. Isn't that amazing? How many people roughly? Almost uh, 500. Yeah. 500 people. Not, uh, we don't know how many knew Jesus properly, but 500 people on a boat that was probably designed to carry 100, uh, maybe, and uh, nobody died. Now, a little baby, Malisha did share, a two-month-old baby, 
made it out of the water, got to the hospital, but died later because of complications, I think from hypothermia maybe or whatever. But 500 souls survived. I wonder how many people know Jesus now. Hey? Yeah. It's, a, it's an incredible thing you went through. Do you have one more thing you want to say to encourage everybody this morning with your story? I just uh, want to say that um, God has a plan and purpose for all of us. Yeah, if God doesn't have a plan and purpose for my life, um, already, I should already die during that time. But then I know that God has a plan and purpose for my life. So just leave me alive. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Amen. Can we thank Malisha this morning for sharing this story? We're going to come to a close around that, uh, and I think it's quite, uh, I guess, good timing to talk about Jesus being our lifesaver. <laughs> Amen. Malisha is stuck in the middle of nowhere, uh, not knowing when help is coming, but she was calm in the midst of chaos. She had peace. And I'm not saying that to big note Malisha like she's this big hero. You are a hero. But Jesus in her brought that peace. And I don't know what you're facing in this room today or people that are online. Perhaps you joined us for the uh, dedication or anyone that's online. I don't know what you're facing, but what I can tell you is this and what I know for sure is that God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. And if you're finding yourself facing a situation that's challenging, that's difficult, that's hard, that's pressing in from every side, and, and there are people in the room that have situations like that that I know of, that they're right in the middle of right now, I want to encourage you. Jesus is your peace in the midst of the storm. Things may not look like they're working out. You may be treading water for four hours, not knowing when the rescue boat is coming. You might, you might be struggling to get through your situation. You might be struggling to get through the next hour, the next day, because of what is pressing on your heart. But I want to encourage you, accept Jesus. If you haven't already, let him in to the situation. Allow him to come. Allow him to bring comfort. Allow him to bring peace. Allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you. We're believing for that for Jamie. We claim that today. We've prayed already but that the Holy Spirit can turn a life around in an instant. So would you bow your heads, close your eyes as we come to a close. If you're in this place and you are facing challenges, situations that you just can't cope on your own, Jesus is your help in time of need. He is your lifesaver. He's going to give you that desire to press on, knowing that God has a plan, knowing that God is for you and not against you. It may not look like it right now. Things may not be panning out the way that you envisaged. But what I do know is that our God is faithful and he will provide everything that we need. And so if you're in this place today and you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you're in this place and you've done that before and you, you feel you need to do that today, you've been encouraged by any number of the stories that have been shared today, you're in the right place. I'm going to ask you in just a moment to raise your hand and say, yes, Pastor Jeremy, that is me. I need Jesus. So if that's you and, you and you need encouraging today and you need Jesus to come into your heart, would you just lift up your hand? If you're at home online, you can respond. I can't see your hand, but God sees the response of your heart. 
So just lift up your hand in God's presence. Say, yes, that's me. Yeah, I see that hand. That's wonderful. Praise God. I see hands. Hands going up everywhere. So good. So good. People wanting to just get right with Jesus in this moment. More than half a dozen hands have gone up. That's praise God for that. Look, if you're in this place and you haven't raised your hand, like I said to the people online, it's the response of your heart that matters today. So in this moment, in this presence, we're all going to pray. As a church, we're all going to pray. But specifically those that lifted their hands, or if you didn't and you wish you had, pray this prayer. There's no power in the prayer. There's power in the response of your heart today. So say these words with me. Say, Dear Jesus, I need you. I can no longer live my life without you. So come into my heart. I accept you today as my Lord and Saviour. I believe that God raised you from the dead. So you conquered sin and death. And you did it for me. So because of your victory, I stand victorious today. I ask you to bring peace and I ask you to bring comfort in my times of challenge. And I now choose to live for you and I accept you and I want to live for you all the days of my life. I turn from my old self and my sin and I ask you to forgive me. Help me to live a life that's pleasing to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we praise God and thank Him for people who responded today, saying that prayer, asking Jesus to come. There's always a party in heaven when people say yes to Jesus.